Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. And today we're going to be going over, uh, we have some Spider-Man 3 news, we've got our Miss Marvel, uh, a brand new Batman audiobook coming, LA Comic Con, and so much more. Uh, but we want to first address our audiobook coverage that was supposed to be out last week when you're listening to this. Uh, what happened was, Squeaks and I recorded it, we were talking about the Sandman. Unfortunately, we had some distortion stuff on uh, Squeak's side, of course on my side, my side's perfect as usual. Um, and so we're going to re-record it and get it out there. Uh, I think Audible is like just cursed. I think those are things. We're, we're cursed with them. So uh, we're going to get that done. And then the next one is going to be Dune. Um, we're we're going to get there, guys. Um, now, uh, if you guys want to support the podcast, you head on over to audibletrial.com backslash geekfreaks. And you can help out the pod. Uh, Jonathan, what have you been playing or watching lately? So um, I'm, of course, a big Star Trek fan, right? I'm trying to rewatch. I'm trying to rewatch all the series simultaneously, more or less. I've rewatched Voyager probably ten times, but I've only seen bits and pieces of all the other series. And uh, on channel fifty-eight at night on weekdays, they air them all in order, starting with the oh, original wow. series. Yeah, they have one episode of the original, the Next Generation, then I think Deep Space Nine. You know, you can stay up till midnight watching an episode of each series, uh, which that is cool. Or just I watch them on Netflix also. So I'm trying okay. to. Get get a little bit of, of all of at the same time. But also with, uh, speaking of Audacity, I, I just got the uh, Architects of Infinity book uh, that I plan on listening to. It's 11, 11 and a half hours, I think. Yeah, it's a good size. Uh, audio, it's like, man. It's, it's um, Audible, not Audacity, just real quick. The Audacity is definitely. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, here, Audible. It's hard to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm hoping to start getting through that soon, too. That that takes a little, little time, 11 hours. I don't have much of a commute, but. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And you're going to be listening to Dune with us, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, that's it, it's kind of nice. It, it, I find myself one one little weird thing that's happening. Um, and I talked to Squeaks about this is I find myself reading less now because I'm like, well, like I'll pick up a comic book, or whatever, and I'm like, oh, I should be going through Sandman right now. <laughs> and so I'm actually reading less because of audiobooks. I don't know if really that's supposed to happen, but currently it's <laughs> happening for me. But yeah, yeah really su- supplementing your reading with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, for myself, oh, what have I been watching? Oh my God. The, the great, the great British bake off, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm watching that right now. Unfortunately, they're doing like an episode a week. So it's killing me. Uh, but that's really good. Season three of Fargo's out now or season four. I'm sorry. Of Fargo, uh, with Chris Rock and he's like a mob boss. Super good. Uh, Fargo's always good. So that's just, that's just awesome. Yeah. That's really about it. You know, it's kind of an easy, easy way to go. If you like that great British baking show, which I, I love it um there's they have a holiday version they have a bunch of seasons out but they have a holiday uh edition which is fun and a show similar to it is called nailed it if you never watch that it's pretty funny it's all up it's all about complete amateurs these people don't pretend to be pros but they come into it like oh yeah you know i make my kid cupcakes for his school projects (laughs) or whatever and then they have to make some extravagant beautiful cake and have like an hour and a half and they they fail every time but it's just hilarious when you look at what they're trying to do and it's you know three people and their attempts at you know greatness in an hour and a half and it's just a lot of fun so it's good good other baking show to check out on uh netflix do they ever like actually do well or is it just always it, a mess there's there's only been a handful that i've seen where it's like okay you could totally you could totally see the resemblance like that does look like the basic structure of what the professional one looks like but usually usually you can't even tell what it's supposed to be it's so bad but it's it's funny anyways it's great. So we have a sequel to The Lion King coming up. This is going to be directed by Barry Jenkins. Uh, he's best known for Moonlight. That's 2016's Best Picture of the Year. Uh, so this is going to be the same as like John Favreau's Lion King. The sequel is going to be exploring the mythology and the uh, uh, origins of Mufasa. What else would you want to see from a sequel to The Lion King? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited that they're working with Lion King and trying to make some more you know, Lion King movies. Uh, but that last one, you know, though they did the live action animation, it was very realistic. It looked like real lions and, yeah. and you know, they put a lot of detail in it. Very well done. Uh, the only problem is you can't convey much emotion through a real lion. They don't naturally convey emotions like our faces do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, a, it just felt very different. It was just hard to read. So I'm hoping they, they maybe tweak it a little bit, maybe just do the animation a little less accurate a little less live action um or just employ other 
other factors, other ways to uh, convey emotion in the characters or, I don't know, just make it feel more, more like the cartoon, really. Yeah. Um, you, you, when you go to the zoo and you see real lions in their cage and they're, you know, pouncing on each other and stuff, that's cool. But that doesn't convey a story or emotion like you would if it was, you know, people you know, talking and stuff. So I, I, I just hope they, they work on that aspect of it. Other than that, the movie was good. The songs weren't, you know, as good as the original, the ones right. they added. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I'm hoping they work on that. I totally agree with you. Uh, it was, there are ways of making an animal show emotion, right? Like maybe they hang low upon the shoulders or, or something like that. Um, or you could just, yeah, slightly more cartoony up the faces a little bit so that we have actual emotions. It's going to be a tough one to do. Maybe if they add something with, so I'm thinking like if they add like a gorilla or whatever to the cast, he would have, you know, facial expressions that we could recognize better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know really how that would fit in the oh. Savannah. You, you know who did a good job at this, though, was the Jungle Book movie. Right, and that's John Favreau's as well. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised that they oh, can't okay. do it that well. Right, because Baloo did a great job. Baloo was excellent. Yeah. And I think it was just, I mean, maybe maybe it did kind of break that realism a little bit, uh, I guess, but I don't think it, it didn't bother me. I thought they did a good job at, at you know, emoting through him. So maybe yeah. they have it, and they hopefully have heard from the viewers that they didn't like how how it wasn't conveyed well and uh, hopefully they'll work on that with this one i do like the fact that it's going to go to a mufasa origin story or that that's likely to be so yeah um because that that would be you know way interesting to hear where he came from how he became king or you know what kind of struggles he went through and stuff that'd be cool yeah i'd really like to see what made him so wise in the original uh and i think this is a better story than maybe trying to explain uh like they did in the original sequel where we got like the post scar life and we got to see oscar had a kid and all that stuff like that well while that had really good songs it just clearly didn't do as well as the first movie so this is good to just try something totally new why you're yeah, already doing a new art style this will hopefully explain how scar got his scar and why he was separated you know banished and point. who he Ooh, yeah. who he was that's a really good point yeah there's all kinds of stuff there where uh yeah jeremy iron i think is what no jeremy iron played the cartoon version but yeah we could really see his origin story too that's a really good point i like that mm-hmm. Uh, so what I'm concerned about is the, the reviews for the movie was pretty bad, right? It was 50, 52% through uh, Rotten Tomato, 55 through Metacritic. The only reason this movie did so well and is, and is why they're doing the sequel is because it got 1.6 billion worldwide. Pretty insane. But a lot of that is the Lion King name. I have a feeling that this movie is going to have a dramatic drop off because everybody's past the Lion King name. And okay, we've seen that. We've been there, done that. And now you're going to do a sequel to this. I, I think you're going to get like, Maybe three hundred million, uh, probably still profitable, but you know, I, I think it's gonna it's gonna take a hit. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that 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 nostalgia, that name, it's lost its power with this last movie. So they're coming out from from you know ground zero, and if it's gonna be a better story and better animation, and all that, they need to put all that in the marketing and actually push it, and don't just expect you're gonna coast on the name. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, next, we have Amani. Oh, sorry. Aman Vellani uh, cast as our Miss Marvel. So uh, Aman Vellani, she'll be playing Kamala Khan uh, in the new upcoming Disney Plus series that's going to be focused around Miss Marvel. Uh, it's going to be her origin story and will most likely be added to the MCU. Actually, this does actually you know what this is canon with the MCU. So when they do eventually bring in uh, 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 Miss Marvel into the MCU, it'll be her. Uh, the series is going to be is in very early development, but they have said that they wanted to make sure that the the cast member matched the comic books as much as possible, even if it meant a new talent. And that's exactly what we're getting with Amon. Uh, she's brand new to acting. And uh, so I'm excited for somebody who's like new to acting to have, be thrusted in such an important role and to see what she can do. Uh, she she looks like, you know, she's such a, like a wide-eyed girl. Like she's so young and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh man, you're get ready. You're about to be famous. You know, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, what do you think about their choice going with a brand new talent? I think that's pretty smart. It sounds like something that the fans would have asked for anyways you know you don't want to go from reading a comic of a character you love to a movie where they look totally different so um and disney has the money they can hire the coaches whoever they need to help her you know develop as an actress so i i think that's a good idea as long as she's in the field and interested in becoming an actress and obviously looks the role then uh, i think they can you know help build her up and turn her into the person they need her to be so yeah i think that's awesome yeah and then we're seeing too kamala khan has always been a really you know cool character but then she was also the main character in the new uh, Marvel's Avengers game. 
And all of a sudden, she's on everybody's mind. She was so fun to play there, had a really good personality. And now they're like, okay, we need to make sure that we nail this because she's she's hot right now. She's real big. Uh, and and I think they're getting, I, I don't know how old uh, Iman is, but she looks like she's around eight to 10, like real young. And Kamala Khan's usually around 15. But I think they're thinking like, with development slowed down because of COVID and just, you know, natural development times, she's going to be about the right age when she's hitting the MCU movies. You know what I'm saying? So I think they're in for the long haul on this one. I think that's why they went with Spider-Man younger too, so they could use Spider-Man for a long time. They've kind of learned their lessons. Um, yeah, and it's great when you get a, a young actor or actress at that age because they start the first couple of movies or begin the show, you know, as a kid, and then they naturally age into adulthood through the series. So it helps with evolving the character with character development, you know, yes. through the character's age too. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It'll be cool. We're gonna have the, we're gonna have a mon around for a long time. I mean, that's that's what we're seeing here. So that's gonna be really neat to have somebody that we could trust for a long time. Tony Stark. Or a really good. Ex- okay, here's a good example. Hugh Jackman. I mean, we had him for a long time, sure, but it sucks that he's basically not going to play Wolverine anymore because of age, and we don't want to see that again. Just cast a little younger now so that we can have him for for a long time. All right, uh, we have J.B. Fox. He's coming back for Spider-Man. This is so nuts. He's going to be playing Electro again. Uh, He's from The Amazing Spider-Man, number two. That's the one with uh, Garfield as our uh, Spider-Man. He's coming over to Tom Holland's Spider-Man universe, completely different universe. Uh, And and this has kind of shook the internet, right? Because Myself, I think the Amazing Spider-Man movies were pretty bad. I, I, I just, I dislike Garfield himself, and the movies I just didn't think were really good. Uh, did you care for those movies? Uh, not all that much. I mean, they were just okay. I'd watched it because they're the Spider-Man movies, but uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't the best. Yeah. What do you think about Jamie Foxx joining the cast in this new universe? I mean, as long as they can explain, I, I don't know if they're they're separating the multiverse, the universes, and stuff, but I would. I would try to explain something like that, make it don't just kind of drop him in. But uh, I mean, I think he's a great actor and it'd, it'd be good to have his character in there. Um, I, I don't know. Are they just going to pretend that the other movies didn't exist? Or they're just, <laughs> I, I don't know how that's going to work. But, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it'll be fine. It just depends yeah. on how it does really. If, if they do a good job with it, then, then they were successful. I mean, yeah. if they kind of just shoehorn him in and try to sell it with his name on it, then obviously it's going to fail. You can't just, just toss them in and expect it to be better because of, you know, a single actor without investing into it. I think that's the vibe everybody has right now, too. It's kind of like this, like, all right, we'll see kind of thing like that. Like, you know, we trust MCU, but, you know, don't do any shenanigans. Don't make this bad. Uh, yeah. Particularly on Spider-Man, everybody's been burnt before with Spider-Man 3. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, just know your role. Uh, but I think you're 100% right on this. We're going to be getting the multiverse. It's a big part of the MCU in this next phase. We have uh, WandaVision and uh, we have Doctor Strange, both of them multiverse themed movies. And Spider-Man, of course, is notorious for the Spider-Verse. So we may be seeing some more people come in. We already had uh, J.K. Simmons playing J. Jonah Jameson from another Spider-Man. He played in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans and he was in the Tom Holland movies, but he was a different version of J. Jonah Jameson. So I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see Jamie Foxx play a different version of Electro, and he already said on Instagram he won't be blue in this movie because he was blue in the first one. So maybe we'll see him as a different version of Electro. What do you think about that? Uh, like, there's a there's a different version to all the characters that we've seen in the other movies in this one, but maybe the same actors. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think that's fine. I mean, if they if they are diving into the multiverse and explaining that aspect of it, then that would make it easy. Uh, it'd be a little unsettling if if they didn't, and they're just like, oh, it's same actor playing the same character but he's a different color but that's their version of him here it it might be a little unsettling for people i'm sure they'll get over it if if again if if it's a good movie um but if there's other aspects that just feel a little awkward or clanky or uncomfortable then that'll line up with them and it's going to make the movie not fit right so uh just one one hurdle to get over that i don't i don't think would be a problem as long as they put a lot of attention to the rest of it yeah i think it would be you know, it's kind of one of those things that they might just invent because they want to be able to recast Jimmy Fox and stuff like that. But I think it would be nice to be able to grab. I don't remember his name, but the guy that played Doc Ock in the Tobey Maguire movies. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he's older now, but I think he just nailed that role so much. I would love for him to come into the future movies, too. Um, and we need a Doc Ock pretty soon, so that'd be really neat. I'm, I'm down for that. We're also, this is another member of the Sinister Six, which is something that that, that Sony has wanted to do for a long time, is create the Sinister, Sinister Six movie. I can't wait to be able to say that five times all the time. Uh, so we're getting that 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 you know that 
rogues gallery of Spider-Man villains that'll get their own movie, which would be pretty neat to see. This like roving band of villains. Uh, that'll be a fun movie to watch. Uh, we have a, so we don't normally cover upcoming podcasts. That's not really good business for podcasters. Uh, but this one we're actually going to be adding to the Audible thing. Uh, although it's on Spotify and it's free uh, for anybody who uh, uses Spotify as their platform. So we're getting a Batman narrative podcast coming to Spotify. Both audible, uh, audiobooks and podcasts are really on the rise right now. And uh, DC's taking note. Uh, actually, Marvel has too in, in one sense as well. DC signed a multi-year contract with Spotify to develop these storytelling podcasts. And, um, and so what we're going to be getting is, it's, this is written by David S. Goyer. He's the guy that wrote the Dark Knight trilogy, you know, the Christian Bale movies. Uh, he's using his company, the Phantom Four Productions, and they're going to be writing uh, a long story that's going to be told over podcast episodes like an audible book or an audio drama, more, more accurately. Uh, I'm excited for this. This is really cool. Kind of reminds me, you remember like in the 40s, like you hear about that, like, oh, we're going to sit down and watch and listen to the next uh, Superman adventure or something like that. What, what mm -hmm. do you think, man? Yeah, it, it, that's what it feels like. It's a... Uh... That kind of nostalgic vibe, I guess, of just everyone sitting around the radio. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well that'll take with our modern generation. I mean, with stuff like TikTok and everything, kids don't have as much of a much of an attention span, I guess. Uh, so they want something quick and blurbs and you know short. But I mean, I, with people that like to listen to podcasts and you know read books or listen to audiobooks, I think that would land perfectly fine. So I think it'd be cool. You know what? You reminded me of something. Uh, as a podcaster, you know, part of what we do is we research what other people are uh, listening to and, and how they're spending their free time in, in other parts of the world, right? Um, and the Middle East somewhere is somewhere we're really focusing now because we're seeing some interesting numbers come out of there. And when I look at their charts, you know what's doing really well over there, Jonathan? Our mm -hmm. children's podcast. I didn't think that was a genre, but it's huge in the Middle East. Children's podcasts. Like entertainment for children? Like yes. To keep like your kids in the car, they're getting frustrated to give them a right. tablet to watch a podcast or listen to a podcast? To listen to a podcast. You put it in the car. You know how we would have like wheels on the bus go round and round? They put on a children's oh, yeah. podcast that is like Barney, but a podcast version. And and yeah, that they're, they're huge in the Middle East. And hmm. it's like, that is such a good idea that I have never thought about. And I'm wondering if maybe here in, in, on the West Side or in America... We're a little bit too short attention span for that to grasp on. But man, that is such a neat idea. And I think maybe DC saw that maybe this is a future of like, hey, the kids, the kids will be next on this. Because right now, like, it's usually our age that's listening to the podcast. But it could be that that next generation that's starting to see, starting to grab onto them. It's really yeah. interesting stuff. And I, I wonder, now that, now that you mentioned this, now I'm thinking about it, um, like the educators and, and people that work with children, I wonder if they look at that as a way to help develop a child's like uh, curiosity and uh, imagination and just help them, you know, critical thinking. And, and uh, I don't know, like it seems like a way that would help develop their brain because they're listening to a story just like for eons, you know, we all gather on the campfire and tell stories. Yeah. Um, and so in their mind, they're having to piece it together and, you know, imagine what people look like Ooh. and listening to the details and descriptions and drawing it in their head yeah. versus staring blindly at a video that just has it all written out for you and showing you what it actually looks like. I would love uh, that, to see some studies on that, John. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's engaging their mind a lot more than just zoning out to some YouTube video. Yeah. You're actually huh. having to think you're doing half of the creative work. That is interesting. We'll have to follow up on that because that is a good idea. Maybe we'll do like a segment on that. That's pretty neat. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so this, you know, we have this story coming. Uh, I, I like the idea of, you know, this is not this is going to be actually a darker version of The Dark Knight. So this isn't actually aimed at like children, children. It's mostly like teenagers, um, but it's supposed to be like The Dark Knight trilogy. And uh, I do like that idea of like, hey, oh man, it's Friday. There's a brand new Dark Knight out. Or this actually can be called uh, Batman Unburied. Is <laughs> it tells you it's going to be pretty hardcore. <laughs> um, so like, hey, it's Friday. You know, let's, I pick him up. I pick up uh, Steven from school. Uh, on our way home, we listen to the next Batman Unburied, and it's just like it takes up all the attention. It's a reason for like those commutes to be family building moments or something like that. There's other, there's other ones too, by the way. There's you know of course the Sandman, the one we're listening to now. Uh, Marvel put out a Wolverine series uh, called The Lost Trail, and I just I, I'm starting to see that this could be a new avenue for podcasts, something that's already doing really well. A whole new thing of this like let's come around, let's listen to this together and analyze it together kind of thing, you know? 
Yeah. Pretty neat. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I was just thinking too while while you're talking about that. Uh one thing that I don't think anybody sells or has been developed yet that would be nice for, you know, families listening to a story together. Because you might, you know, be in different parts of the house or have things you want to do while you're listening to it, like we often do, but yeah. If you had a way that you can connect all, you know, multiple Bluetooth headphones to the same Spotify at the same time. So, you know, your kid can be drawing while listening to the story and you could be washing the dishes, but you're all still listening to the same story together and you could talk about it afterwards. Yeah. Well, if you have Alexis in different rooms, you could definitely do that. Hey, really yeah. neat. Hmm. Hmm. So a quote from, this is how we're going to end things off here, uh, with David S. Goyer, the guy that's writing this. Uh, he says, I've been a fan of narrative podcasts for some time and was looking for the right story. Returning to Batman seems like the perfect opportunity. We'll be using this unique advantage, advantages of audio to dig into more nightmarish members of the Dark Knight's rogues gallery. So they're going to be going deep. So they're going to be finding some of those villains we don't hear much about. You know, like that's like, like Doc Croc needs to be in more of these things and stuff like that. Really interesting characters that are not necessarily Joker, you know. So let's get those out there more. Joker's been kind of oversaturated right now. They got, they got so many Joker comics going on. Let's go a little deeper. Batman has the best villains in, in comic books. Let's use them all. That's pretty cool. Uh, next up, we have the LA Comic Con is moving forward with a physical event. So this is the Los Angeles Comic Con. Uh, and in December, they're going to have an actual in-person uh, co- uh, convention. Okay. Uh, we know that most conventions have been shut down due to the whole, they've been all digital, you know, due to the COVID. And um, LA Comic Con says, no worries. We're going to play it safe. They're going to be, uh, they, their floor map is, is kind of spread out. They have the booths farther than normal. They're reducing how many people can actually come in. And they're offering a digital version of the convention where it shows all the panels uh, online. You just pay for that digital version. It still worries me because in 2017, every year, this, this convention has been growing, right? And so in 2016, it was, I think it was like 71,000. And in 2017, it was over 100,000 visitors and they didn't count past that. After 100,000, they just stopped. So who knows how big it was in 2017. So even reducing the numbers, I still think you're going to have a lot of people coming to the convention to kind of hang out and mill around outside of it and could become a trouble area. L.A. has had more issues than other cities. Yeah, sadly. I mean, I love conventions. I'd love to go to this one. But I think right now we're still just not at the point where we can safely say we have it down. There's a lot of things people are doing to mitigate and to fight against the virus. And, you know, you go you can go to some stores now. A lot of stores are open where they only allow a certain amount of customers and hand sanitizer, everyone has masks and stuff. And that's great when you have a store with 20 or 30 people. But if you have a convention with 100 plus thousand people, even if you try to restrict that, like you're saying, they're going to gather to try to get in. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Even, even when those people come in, how do, you, how, how do you do that? How do you keep such a massive quantity, even if it's only 10,000 people that are there? I mean, everybody uses the bathrooms. But right. what, do you, what do you do to keep that? So. Yeah, I don't know. It's a. It would be really nice to have it, but I think the consequences are going to outweigh the benefits if people start spreading and and you know, you we want to get back to be able to have all conventions open throughout the year, Definitely. not one trying to here or there, and then they put us all back on lockdown. So I don't think once once we have a vaccine or we're able to open stores, you know, across the board, then that's great. I want to go to all the conventions we can, but until then, I think them trying to force it. Is just it's just too early. Too early. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's the, that's the deadline, right? When vaccines are widely available for everybody, because there's a chance we'll have vaccines in December, but will we have them for everybody? There's no way. They're just not going to make enough. Um, and man, conventions. I, I miss the hell out of them. But if you've been to these big ones, and 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 we've been to these big ones, so much of it is just hanging out outside. There's all kinds of food trucks and those vendors that set up outside trying to just leech off of the convention's popularity. Um, there's, there's a huge mass of people that usually hang out on the outside of these things. You, you're just talking about another super spreader event. And so I hope people, please, please, please be careful. If you do want to attend, uh, attend the convention, it's December 11th and 13th. If you're going, be safe, be careful. Let us know how it went. If you if you happen to live in the LA area and you're going to the sick pictures, let us know how, how it was in there. Um, and, and show us those, those, uh, safety precautions, because if they, I mean, let's just, let's look at the positive side on this. Let's end with the positive side. If this works, then it's the first successful convention this year, and uh, it, it opens a doorway on how we can do things in the next year, because it'll be a second before we're like fully back up and running uh, to have big conventions again. Um, so 
let's hope they do things right, you know, and, uh, and yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we have Cyberpunk seven, uh, 2077. They, uh, they announced that they're going to be having to uh, employ Crunch. Okay, Crunch, let me, let me kind of explain what that is for those of you guys who aren't familiar. Uh, Crunch is what they call uh, mandatory uh, you know, additional work hours. Uh, it's kind of this thing that's in the industry has been really big. And, and it, it's one of those things where I'm kind of on the fence of because, you know, I'm sure you and, you know, myself too, especially in the past, uh, there are times where it's like, hey, you just got to come in on a Saturday because it's something crazy. This, in the, in the gaming industry, though, has been taken advantage of. There has been times, Red Dead Redemption 2 seems to be everybody's best example, when um, for months on end, people are working these 10-hour, 12-hour days. They're coming in on the weekends. The reason they're doing this is to finish the development of a game by a, an announced uh, release date. Uh, the reason they, they, they have these certain release dates is because a game or a company needs to be performing well on each quarter, especially if you're a big, game, a big company like EA or Activision. Or, or something like that, Ubisoft. So we, we kind of have these situations where like it's a big rush to get it done in time, right? Well, the industry's been kind of turning its back on that, and everybody's like, well, look, we need to reduce crunch. If you have to delay the game, so be it. Uh, it's important that the employees have normal work hours so it doesn't affect their mental health and the strain on their home lives. Uh, so before we get into Cyberpunk and why they're having to do this, what are your thoughts on crunch in general, Jonathan? Because it's so hard sometimes, like I was saying before, overtime is overtime, you know, so it's kind of weird. What, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so first off, a, a big factor is whether or not this was fully disclosed when the employees were hired. Right. If they sit like at my work, they say, hey, every month there's going to be a weekend you have to work or a two day period. You have to work 12 hour days. That's just that's normal. OK, and you take the job or you don't based on that. So if these guys knew about crunch and were explained how it works when they got hired on, then that's fine. They they agreed to that, and if they don't like it, it's the job they applied for, and they can leave. But if this is something that's being added, and you know it's unexpected, and it's mandatory, then that's totally not okay. If it's being added, and it's unexpected, but it's optional, and you want the overtime, so right. you take it every time it's an option, and you know what? I don't want the overtime. I got kids and a wife, and I, I just don't have a way to pick my kids up from school. I have to go on time. Then no worries. You don't have it. So I think there's two ways you could do it. Either completely disclose it when you're hiring employees or make the overtime optional. And if you have to hire additional employees to, to fill the roster, then you do. And then, you know, when times get tough, people are getting, you know, hour cuts a little bit. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't make it mandatory for people that didn't know about it and, you know, are having a hard time with it or can't do it. Yeah, that's the hard part, too. Is it's not necessarily something that's like, hey, every Saturday we're doing this. It's something that like, oh, we're getting a little close to this. The publishers, because you have the developers that are sitting there making the game. And then oftentimes you have the publisher that's over even them saying like, this game needs to be out by this day. So they're sitting there saying, you need to get this game done in time. And they're putting that pressure and it rolls downhill. And unfortunately, the guys at the bottom of the hill are the ones that are like, okay, then we have to ramp up production somehow. And the only way they're doing that is by adding days. And it is unexpected, which is the worst part. You're right, because if there is a way to say like, hey, every Saturday... It's this, or even better yet, what I think would really work well, like you're saying, is the voluntary uh, uh, crunch, where it's something where it's like, yeah, sweet, overtime. I'm down for overtime. Or the other guy's like, someone's got to pick up my kids. It's me. So, you know, th there's there are other opportunities there. Uh, uh, let's see if that can happen someday. It would be really nice, because clearly this has been abused by multiple companies. And uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is the next one to kick in on, on this thing. So they have a game coming. They have, the game is expected uh, November 19th. Uh, CD Projekt Red uh, went out there and released a statement. I'm going to read the statement here. <clears throat> Starting today, the entire studio is in overdrive. I take it upon myself to receive the full backlash from the decision. I know this is a direct opposition to what we've said about Crunch. It's also in direct opposition uh, to what I personally grew to believe a while back, that Crunch should never be the answer. But we've extended all other possibilities means uh possible means of navigating the situation that's from adam uh badowski he's the head over at uh, cd project red so it's one of those things where it's like they have to get it done this is a statement that he released uh this week and that follows last year uh he had said to in an interview with kotaku that they would not rever uh, use mandatory crunch so it's kind of going back on his words it's kind of the rolling option, but I think what the, my solution, simply delay the game. They've already delayed the game a few times. Why not delay it one more time instead of forcing these people at this time to, you know, work in 
extra hours. What are, what are your thoughts on this, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the company's fault. And if, I, I, well, I don't know. I don't know why they're behind, really. I mean, so it it's, depends on the situation, on the details of it. But I wouldn't make it mandatory for these guys to work overtime. If yep. they have to set back the date, like you're saying, then so be it. And, you know, first off, offer up the overtime. If people will work it, if people will accept that that push, then great. But if people are saying, hey, I can't work overtime, there needs to be some protect- protections in there saying that they can either refuse it or they can't lose their job because of it. Because, you know, I'm yes. sure they're feeling a lot of pressure that they have to work the overtime that's offered or, or mandatory. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a little a little rough, but uh, there's ways around it. There's ways to make it work without it being without it damaging the reputation of the company mm-hmm. and, you know, forcing employees to work unwanted overtime. Yeah. 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 It's hard because it's one of those things where some, some guy up the chain, which this is, we're talking about the up, up the chain right now, uh, made this random date and they're, Oh, we're going to stick with this date. It's okay. If you guys have to push back, we're going to be talking about, you know, world of Warcraft pushing back here in a bit. And it's like, we're fine with that. If it means that, you know, first off the game is going to be better by it, which that's exactly what's happening here. The reason that it's taking so long to make this game is it's very ambitious. They're adding so much to the game. That's fine. We understand this game's going to take a lot of work. Wait, make it successful. Because if you come out with a game that's that's so garbage, let's use Anthem as an example, so garbage that it flails and dies, then you don't have the the money to pay for those guys that made the game to make the sequel. So, I mean, that that company, we don't want the company to suffer in general because the game was bad. So just delay it. There's nothing, you know, I, I, it's, it's a shame that, you know, the bean counters, the guys that are like, we need a game in December or we need a game in this month so that the quarter looks good is the one that is making, get down there and help them program then. Get the get on a computer and help them out because it's, it's all hands on deck, you know? It's just one of those things that um, it should be team team effort and not just like one guy picking a date and like, we're going to hit that date. You know, that's too bad. Yeah. But I get what you're saying too about investors and stuff. It's a it's a big company, so if they don't have it out by the end of that quarter, that whole company's stock will you know be less valuable, and so yeah, it has a big influence on them. That's I think how they do all their pacing and and development. So you're exactly right. Yeah, it's maybe maybe plan on having a portion of the game released or a, a demo or beta testing or something like that, so that the market can get a taste of what what it's going to look like and it can sustain the value of the company, but. Yeah, it's hard to, to to develop a game over so long and then you're not reaching that deadline. It's like, crap, everyone's expecting it. All eyes are on us and here we're falling short. So what do they do but push harder? And it's just unfortunate for the guys at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens with the with the video game industry. It's definitely on the verge of unionization and, and a change in the employment standards. So it's exciting times, right? Because we're going to see something new come out of it and hopefully for the better. Uh, We'll, we'll, of course, keep you guys up to date as uh, things progress, but there there are some changes coming for sure. All right. Uh, next one's real excited, Jonathan. I know you don't play much Smash Brothers, but we have Minecraft joining Smash Brothers. So mm-hmm. that's Steve, Alex, the Zombie, and Enderman are all joining Minecraft. They actually had to redesign the game in a lot of ways because of how these characters are going to work. For example, Alex and Steve are actually going to build blocks to like block people. when they. The great example, I saw Pikachu jump off the stage, right? And you know how they, he can like teleport back or warp back or whatever. Mm-hmm. The the Alex built a wall, so boom, he hits the wall and just falls dead. I mean, it was something <laughs> neat. Yeah, so crazy. So so many cool new things coming. Uh, they they all have thematic abilities like crafting weapons and swapping weapons, uh, being able to build and and just really neat little structures and stuff like that. And it's all kinds of creativity. These are some of the most creative uh, new characters coming to the world, and they're going to be in. I believe it was the second part of the new uh, season coming up. Uh, and they also add in multiple stages. So we have the snow biome and the green tundra biome and different biomes, depending on the different biomes of Minecraft. Uh, really cool characters. I didn't even think this was a, a possibility. What do, you, what do you think, man? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, Minecraft is really you know popular for the younger age, especially. So it it's, uh, makes sense that they would want to add this to it. But yeah. I didn't think of the Minecraft characters like you would a Smash Brothers character where they have specific attacks and moves and abilities. but I mean, you can create it, I guess, based on on their environment and what they can do. So I think it's pretty cool. I'm excited. I'd really want to see wh- how an Enderman would play out because that seems like yeah. out of the most unique out of those four. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, the Enderman's abilities, that's true. He could like teleport. 
There is a thing where he like hides underneath uh, an umbrella when it's raining and stuff like that because of course they don't like water in Minecraft. I don't, mm-hmm. It's very creative. I, I'm just excited to see what how that's going to play because it's going to change the landscape a lot, literally with building blocks. That'll mm-hmm. be neat. Uh, okay, we have the Shadowlands. World of Warcraft Shadowlands expansion is getting delayed for some time later this year. This was announced by Blizzard this week, along with the new pre-patch uh, date, which is going to be October 13th. Uh, this was something that was kind of building. We knew that, like, uh, they're probably going to have to delay this because they were adding some, you know, the betas on the last month. This is when usually you see some fine-tuning. They were adding major changes to the beta. It was like, that's not right. And, of course, with, you know, everybody working at home, things have been slowed down a lot, so it made sense. Um, and, and they've been working hard. Uh, the pre-patch, everybody was expecting it to be on September 29th. It, of course, was not. So, therefore, everybody was like, that's not, you know, what are we going to get a shorter pre-patch? It's really weird. Um, and so it was, it was kind of brewing there, but it kind of came down to the situation where, okay, if Blizzard had their control over their game, they would say, let's delay it so that we don't have to work as hard, or, you know, we could make sure it comes out in a good condition. Activision, which is something we were just talking about with the other thing, um, was saying if it was Activision charged, they would want it done by no, uh, the normal release date, the 29th, so that they could make sure they hit their marks. Um, so we're kind of in this tight window, right? Amazingly. And, and it's weird because of the fans' reaction to this, too. Amazingly, it actually did get delayed, and the fans were excited. So many people in the forums are happy about this because it means Blizzard, the classic Blizzard, the Blizzard they all grew up with loving because they made quality first, got their way and was able to delay the game to make sure everything was done right, and Activision just has to wait. It'll still be in the same quarter, so it's not like they're going to lose you know, the normal hype they get. It's going to be still be in the same quarter. Um, all kinds of, of course, speculation going out on what their new release date will be. We know a pre-patch will be October 13th. and um, one of the dates that's being out there is thrown out there is November 17th, uh, which, you know, uh, we're doing a charity stream when when thing comes out, of course. It'll also be my birthday, so it'll be even a bigger charity stream. We'll throw out some extra hoops for that one. Um, but yeah, so our charity stream is going to be delayed as well, of course. Uh, uh, but I hope you guys can join for that. That's going to be for a Checkpoint organization to help with mental health and gaming. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I think the delay is for the best, but it still is like, oh. That's too bad. You know, everybody's excited about it over here uh, on the Discord and stuff like that. And uh, John- That's great to hear, though, that the fans support the delay, that they're, like, you know, relieved that it got delayed instead of pushed out. Because we've seen that with Blizzard games before, with mm-hmm. Activision games before, is that they'll they'll push out a patch or an update or something like that. And then it's just it's garbage. It's like, dude, this isn't this isn't polished. You should have spent a little more time fixing yeah. it. You know these things aren't good enough for, you know, what your, your gamers expect. Uh, but you released it anyways just because of money. So it's nice to see that they're- taking the high road and actually going to hold off and try to try to make it right before they release it. Yeah, it was it was really kind of this bittersweet good news kind of thing. Um, so I've told the guys already and and you slightly agreed to it. Are you leveling a character in Shadowlands? Uh, I don't know. We have to see where I'm at when that comes out, too, because I am hopefully moving in the next couple months. OK, that's fair. So I'm in the process of moving into a new house. I mean, once I'm settled, I guess there's no reason not to, so... Well, there we go. We're going back and forth, guys. Jonathan hasn't <laughs> played since Wrath of Lich King. That's 2007. He hasn't played since 2007. So, uh, for him to come back, and, and, and just for leveling, not for, like, the full, you know, experience, but just for leveling, it would be neat to say, but it would be it would be an oddity. I told Daniel that, and he almost lost, lost his top, man. He was like, what? No. <laughs> he just thought I was full of shit. But uh, that would be a lot of fun. All right, we have some uh, cheaters caught all over the place here. So we have Call of Duty bans, 20,000 new cheaters. Uh, Activision and Infinity War, they threw out this ban hammer at the beginning of Season 6. So that started on Monday, last Monday for you guys. Um, And to launch it off, boom, 20,000 people are missing. Uh, They're primarily using a subscription service. I never knew about this thing called Engine Owning. Uh, for For a monthly fee, it puts overlays over the screen so that you can see, like, behind this wall, you'll see, like, a red box. That means that somebody's behind that wall that you can shoot. Uh, it'll tell you when you're on target. It'll kind of like it'll help you like where the head's at and stuff like that. Of course, they also offer just a classic aimbot, so it'll always hit heads every time, no matter what. It'll just pull your trigger for you. Um, and it'll also show a radar on the map of like, hey, this is where they're all at. Just classic asshole cheats, to be honest with you. This blew my mind. They also do uh, Battlefield and Star Wars Battlefront. That this thing even exists, it's actually a good business, but man, it's so shady. I didn't know the thing existed. Uh, if I was. If I was a Call of Duty player to find out that these people are just now getting banned, I mean, if I had found out that there were there was twenty thousand people cheating so effectively, anyways, I would have just dropped the game and never touched it again. Yeah. But right now, finding that they're that they're fighting it and that they're banning these people 
Now, maybe I'd continue to play, but uh, that, to me, if, if there's cheaters in the game and it's not eradicated immediately, that just ruins the game. It's just a complete waste of time because you're not on an even playing field, so your skills against their skills are not being, you know, fairly compared. Yeah. And it just ruins the game. You get mad because you fail, but you can't, you know, you can't complain because you need to practice more. You're not, a, you know, you're not doing as good or whatever. But if it, you're failing because the other guy's cheating, that's just completely ruined the game. And so yeah. I hope, I uh, hope the Call of Duty fans give it a chance, seeing that these guys are trying to extract all these cheaters. Um, but they need to, they need to be honest about it. They need to keep it up and not, you know, not try to sweep it into the rug too. You're, you're exactly right with the same thing happening to PUBG, man. Once people found out people were cheating, I know I stopped playing, right? Because there was times where we'd have to all team up and take out a guy who's sitting there teleporting around the map. That takes away a lot of the fun of the game. And and so it just, why play a game where you don't see the company actively trying to stop that? Uh, mm-hmm. For PUBG, I think it's Wildcard that, that makes that game. It took them forever to finally do it. And, and even now, it's still a problem, apparently. Um, but Activision and Infinity Ward have been pretty hard about this. They really want to make sure that they, they stop this. They actually, this is the latest one, over... Uh, July and April, they were banning 70,000 players over that uh, span. And then after this 20,000 ban, they went to Twitter to, to kind of brag and said, we've got 200,000 people out, we're going for more. And so they're just going to keep on pursuing cheating players. And man, that got me hyped to just go back and play Call of Duty again. Like it's, I just tried it for a bit and didn't care for it, but to see the company cares this much, it has the adverse effect of of the cheater thing you're talking about. To where I'm like, heck yeah, I'm in. You know? Yeah, that's true. To to brag about, to boast about your own integrity in your game. Of course, that's going to rally people to want to play it more too, because they know, you know, if there are a couple cheaters, they're working on eradicating them. So this, you know, should be a safe and even playing field. So yeah. I think that's pretty smart on there, and really to to push it and and make it known by others, you know, in the industry that hey, we're not going to allow this. You try, we're going to find you, and you're going to be, you know, banned anyways. That's awesome. I'm I'm totally in now. I actually I might download it and try it out with Daniel. I know Daniel, it that dude doesn't sleep anymore through the <laughs> night playing Call of Duty, and I'm just like, don't yeah. you work? I know you always complain that I'm tired. Well, I think I I think I know why. You're playing Call of Duty all damn night. Yeah. Uh, CS:GO they had a big problem with cheating as well. So we reported before that they had three coaches banned. Those were reported by ESL, the guys that run a lot of the uh, CS:GO esports. Well, now we find out that there's a whole lot more coaches banning. They're accused of using a bird's eye view to be able to see the entire map and know where the other team's location is. They then communicate to their team like, hey, Jerry's over here behind this wall kind of thing. Uh, But then the Esports Integrity Commission, that ESIC, they investigated the situation. They investigated ESL and DreamHack tournaments, both both the big guys in tournaments over the last few months. And they found that 37 coaches were using the same thing and cheating. So. It kind of raises question of what's up, ESL? You didn't find 37 coaches, you only found three. Do you think they're kind of hiding it when they're just like, oh, we'll ban three, so it looks like we're doing our job, but really we have a lot more and we're just going to slap them on the wrist? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I could totally see that happening. Even if they do go ahead and eradicate the 37, maybe they're just saying it's three so it doesn't look like such a big scandalous thing that was under their nose the whole time. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they were allowing it. And, you know, if they, if they dump the full 37 out, then people are going to start speaking up about how. Well, they, you know, they knew we were doing this the whole time, but they didn't say anything or, yeah, there's probably a little bit of conspiracy going on in that, but at least they're, they're getting rid of them now. It just feels so shady to me, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because of so many being uh, kicked out because of ESIC, they had to create an entire new tier system to how they're going to do things. So we're going to break this down real quick. Uh, Tier three, that's if you've cheated. Oh, you know what? I noticed it must be tier four, actually. Sorry, misnumbered. Tier four. Uh, if you've had less than three offenses, so if you've cheated less than three times, you get a five months ban. Then it's uh, three to five cheats is 10 months. Six to seven cheats is 18 months. And then eight or more cheats, you're gone for 36 months. You're out of the, out of the industry for 36 months. Uh, but they are giving leniencies if you guys come in, come in and say like, look, we screwed up. We cheated. Ding us ourselves, please. And they'll give you guys a pretty good leniencies from my understanding. Uh, they're trying to keep things legit because this is, again, something we always revisit. What does it take for esports to become mainstream? There are pretty strict rules in the MLB and the NFL and stuff like that. You have to follow these rules. You're not going to like a game where you know people are, That seems to be the theme of this podcast. If you know people are cheating, you're not going to like the rules. You're not going to like the sport. So, play fair. Yep. We're just like, we're getting into our version of steroids in baseball. It's got to become a known thing and then get locked down as a you know, banned thing and can't be accepted in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, we're going into our next segment here. This is going to be something we're going to do each month from now on. Uh, Jonathan's taking the helm on this. Jonathan, you're going to be going over our best things to watch, right? Yep. Uh, so a lot of our streaming services have some hot new content coming out this month. So I'm going to go through uh, pretty much what I recommend you check out and some of the stuff that I myself want to check out that I haven't yet. Okay. All right. So on Netflix, um, we got a we got a whole lot coming out on all of them, but uh, the movie Her, if you guys haven't seen it, with Joaquin Phoenix, it's a little bit creepy. It is, but it's uh, it's a pretty good movie. It's very interesting. At least gives you a good perspective. So that's a kind of cool movie you should check out. Uh, Enemy at the Gates, if you haven't seen it, I don't remember how long ago that came out. I was a kid, but yeah. that's a good movie. Um, but what I want to watch on Netflix is uh, Shit Creek. Or uh, Shit's yeah. Creek. Yeah, Shit's Creek. <laughs> you guys haven't seen that yet. And uh, Batman the Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I would recommend is don't waste your time watching The 100. It's on really? its seventh and final season. Just got released on Netflix. I, I watched the first three seasons. And the first one got me hyped. It was really interesting. And kind of I was hoping it would become something good. Uh, the second and third season were just a waste of time. So hmm. I would recommend not to waste your time on that one. My my recommendation uh, too, I'm going to add to you real quick, Jonathan, is the Fargo movie. For some reason, you guys haven't seen the Fargo movie, Coen Brothers classic. Please watch mm-hmm. that. It's yeah. it's so good. Nice. Yeah. Um. So on Hulu, we have... Have you ever seen the Superstore, Frank? I have, but I've only seen the first few seasons. I really need to watch the rest of them because I hear only good things. Oh, God. That show is hilarious. I don't know why. It's it's It kind of is like The Office in like a grocery store or like a general yeah. store. That's perfect. Uh, but yeah, it's hilarious. So Superstore Season 6 is out on Hulu. Uh, the movie Superbad, which is an amazing classic. Blade's a classic. Uh, and we were just talking briefly about the movie Fallen. I couldn't remember. I remember the name. It was such a good... I remember it was a good movie. But then we started talking about how uh, there's like that song. And the guy, when you touch somebody, you spread that... that uh, it's like an evil spirit. spirit. Of that guy, yeah. the, the serial killer that died. Anyways. Creepy but good movie, Fallen, if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Coming out on Hulu this this month. Yeah, perfect. Then, uh, let's see, on Amazon Prime, if you have it. Uh, <laughs> we got a few good movies. 30 Days of Night. If you haven't seen it, it's a zombie movie, and it takes a different perspective vampire of zombies. Movie. It's really, really creepy, yeah. It's a vampire movie, uh, but treats it like zombies. That's the trick. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Vampire movie, yeah. you're right. But yeah, it's it feels... <laughs> It feels a lot like a zombie movie. It does. And it's uh, up in Alaska, right? Mm-hmm. In that region, yeah. So that's where they have like a whole month of just darkness because the way, you know, we go around the sun. Um, so yeah, that's a good, but creepy movie. A Knight's Tale, an amazing movie. Instant classic. You should watch that. The Mask of Zorro, also amazing movie. Yep. Uh, one I haven't seen, but I've heard nothing but good about is The Departed. So I'm going to definitely try to watch that myself. Yep. Definitely agree with that one. That is a good classic. Uh, HBO Max Man of Steel is to me I, I want to say it's my favorite of the Superman movies really yeah I uh, noticed you skipped Superman Returns up there so okay that's what it is you like a Man of Steel it's really good it's just you know yeah alright that's good hmm. <laughs> yeah I think yeah like, yeah the Man of Steel yeah, I'm like <laughs> looking back at the picture like wait which one was which one's which yeah oh yeah uh, the movie Dreamcatcher I know a lot of people don't like it Really? Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah, I don't know why. If I mean, it's one of my favorite horror movies. It's a really cool movie, but I've heard people criticize it like repeatedly. So uh, check it out and let me know what you guys think. Maybe I'm the only one that, that thinks it's a good movie. Um, it too. It the sequel. It ends is on there. And Galaxy Quest. If you haven't seen oh, Galaxy it's... Quest, it's one of the funniest sci-fi movies out there. You got to check it out. HBO Max is freaking killing it there's so many yeah. new things coming out just it's such, it's such a good library it's a ton the one on there i haven't seen yet that i totally should is us uh yeah. i know it's creepy and just i mean we're getting up to halloween pretty soon so it'd be a good time to watch another good scary movie all right i gotta throw a couple more on this one for you john okay uh-huh i gotta get semi-pro in there i'm the only person on earth who thinks this is the best will ferrell movie in the world uh-huh. it's so good you guys watch semi-pro and then best in show is really good too if you like Shit's creek the parents of Shit's creek are also a couple on best in show uh the amount of talent that's in that show is amazing so best in show is really good nice i like semi-pro is okay but to me <laughs> it's just like a uh i don't know a weak second to talladega nights oh, i felt that's like a good one yeah 
when I whenever I see that, it just it doesn't make me want to watch Semi Pro, but just the cover makes me want to watch uh, Talladega Night. I, I, to me, it's second only to Step Brothers for Will Ferrell stuff. Really? Which is I know that's <laughs> that nobody agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on Disney Plus we have uh, Onward, which I just watched like two months ago, I think. Yeah, and it was a really good, fun family movie, so mm-hmm. definitely recommend that. Uh, and The Mandalorian, if you haven't watched it yet, stop what you're doing, go watch The Mandalorian. Season two is coming to Disney Plus. Yep. Uh, and we, we talked a little bit about this too. This uh, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted show, it is interesting. I I wouldn't say you have to watch it, but if you like cooking shows and want to see something a little. A little different he pretty much goes to remote areas and learns how people you know that don't have a michelin star restaurant how people cook out in like the rural areas and stuff so it's kind of uh yeah it's a different perspective on a cooking show and it's kind of cool yeah i'm gonna check it out might as well i like gordon ramsay so it'd be nice to see a show yeah. where he's not you know yelling profanities at people so that'd be pretty neat exactly well yeah that's a, that's a plus about the show is he's actually very gentle and you know timid with people and friendly so it's like this isn't Gordon Ramsay. This is somebody else with a Ramsay mask on. Well, yeah, but when you see him on cool. interviews too, he's he's a he's a he's a genuinely nice guy. It's just yeah. like the character Gordon Ramsay has to be, you know, a jerk. Yeah, that's what it is. He's just got to yell at people like a drill sergeant kind of thing. Yeah. I think in the kitchen to, you know, motivate them or whatever, or play the character that made him famous. So that's all right. Yeah. All right, well... Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Lots of good stuff coming up. There is a lot of good stuff. And we got Halloween coming up, so there's going to be all kinds of horror movies to catch up on. I, I think mm-hmm. maybe... Well, we've done a top five horror movies before, but we might have to like type it up, make an article or something. Because yeah. I want to kind of get a good revisit list of and talk about our top picks from that one. Ooh, they... Damn it, John. You're always doing good. All right, that's mm-hmm. what we'll do then. <laughs> I like that. Because I, I need to get a good list going. You know, I need to get... I'm gonna probably get, I want to watch the old It and the new It. I want to get... There's a bunch of stuff I want to watch. The Hills Have Eyes is coming soon, and that one, like... That came out, like, I think it was when I was in high school, and it just scared the hell out of me. So that's what I want. I want to be really scared, so that's perfect. That one's too true. That's just too creepy. <laughs> I like the too true. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to get stranded in the middle of nowhere now because of that. Yeah, right. Back then, they didn't have the GPS on the phones, too, so you were really in trouble. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. That's going to be it for us this week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I had a nice and short episode. last couple have been kind of long, so that's great. Um, we have... Level Up coming back, and we have an episode coming out later this week, and then we have another episode coming out next week. They're just bonus episodes, and we're going to do those monthly. Uh, we saw the numbers. We saw that you guys are really going to those. Boom. We got another one coming your way, so we're excited for that. Uh, we also are working on um, another series coming to the show. It should be out later this month. I'm really excited about that one, and uh, we're going to do a special episode spotlighting that show so you guys can see uh, more content coming your way from Geek Freaks. And then uh, hang out with us on the stream and in Discord. All the links are below in the description. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. 